Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. Some of the differences in addition and multiplication that are going to be important for us if we're taking this direction of multiplication. First, addition is always going to produce shifting results. Addition is going to produce shifting results. Multiplication is something that is generational. So as I'm laying out this vision in 2022 in the direction that we're going, I have already accepted, my ego has already accepted there's a very good possibility, even as a relatively young person still, at least that's what I tell myself, that I may never fruition. I completely accept that. Maybe I'm the person that's just supposed to help with the bones and the blueprints and the things that are going to change this area uh, in the future. Also, addition happens when we try to play to the interest of people and culture. Okay, addition happens when we try to play to the addition, uh, to the um, likes of people and culture. So for example, I could say, well, this is what's going on in the culture. In the culture, So we need to try to make the church as much like this as we can to try to get as many people in as we can. And this, this is where addition really comes in. Multiplication happens whenever we get serious about making disciples. And that's something that's very, very tedious. It's slow work. And it's also pretty difficult to do. It doesn't happen at the same pace, which brings us to the next point. Addition tends to happen fast. Multiplication happens slow. So something that I want to tell you guys at Believer's Church is be patient because we're in the long game. All right, we're not looking for results tomorrow. We don't even know exactly what the end of this year is going to look like. Be patient. Multiplication happens a little bit different. Addition also means gaining people. A lot of times this is within the church. Your numbers start to grow. You can measure those numbers. It's a really exciting thing. Multiplication means that sometimes you lose people before you start to grow in an exponential way. All right, so these are some of the basic differences that I want you to understand as we get a little bit further into this discussion about what we're talking about, about making disciples. So we're in part four today of our 2022 vision series, Good Ground 22. We have officially ended or, or finished our breaking ground time of fasting, prayer, and intentional time in the Word. And I have to just say, to see the growth in some of your lives, to see how some of you have stepped up, to see how some of you, the difficult things that you're going through, you're talking about in a very different way is very refreshing. And it's very exciting to me. So this good ground theme that we're using, we're actually going to carry throughout the rest of 2022 as we lay the foundation for disciple multiplication. So what we've been doing is framing this through the, through the parable of Jesus and the soils or Jesus and the sower. It has a number of different names. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 4 again. If you do want to turn there, you can. 
If you want to follow on the screen here, you can. Mark chapter 4. This is actually, we're going to be in this series next week as well, but this is the last time we're actually going to be in this particular parable because we're going to do something a little bit differently next week. I also want to encourage you guys, if you're new here today, or if you've missed any of the last three weeks, please make sure that you go back and listen because it's going to give you a better understanding of what soil one, two, and three actually look like. And that's going to be very important for understanding soil four that we're going to talk about today, which we'll call the multiplying disciple. Okay, so chapter four of Mark, starting in verse one, we'll look at the first 20 verses. A lot of scripture again. Jesus began to teach beside the lake again. Such a large crowd gathered that he climbed into the boat there on the lake. He sat on the boat while the whole crowd was nearby on the shore. He said many things to them in parables, which was how Jesus taught. While teaching them, he said, listen to this. A farmer went out to scatter seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path and the birds came up and ate it. We identified this in week one as soil number one. Other seed, soil number two, fell on rocky ground where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. When the sun came up, it scorched the plants and dried them because they had no roots. Other seed, this is going to be soil number three that we talked about last week, fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked the seeds and they produced nothing. Now here we are today, soil number four. Other seed fell on good soil, or what we're calling good ground, and bore fruit. Upon growing and increasing, this is what multiplication looks like, growing and increasing, the seed produced, in one case, a yield of 30 to 1, in another case, a yield of 60 to 1, in another case, a yield of 100 to 1. He said, whoever has ears to listen should pay attention. When we were alone, when they were alone, the people around Jesus, along with the twelve, asked him about the parables. He said to them, the secret of God's kingdom has been given to you, but to those who are outside, everything comes in parables. This is so they can look and see, but have no insight, and they can hear, but they don't understand. Otherwise, they might, might turn their lives over or turn their lives around and be forgiven. Don't you understand this parable? Then how will you understand all of the parables? The farmer scatters the word. This is the explanation right here. The farmer scatters the word. This is the meaning of the seed that fell on the path. When the word is scattered and people hear it right away, Satan comes and steals the word that he has planted in them. Again, that's soil number one. Here's the meaning of the seed that fell on rocky ground, soil number two. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it joyfully, but because they have no roots, they last only for a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, which we do, they immediately fall away. Others are like seeds scattered among the thorny plants, soil number three. These are the ones who hear the word, but the worries of this life, the false appeal of wealth, and the desire for more things breaks in and chokes the word, and it bears no fruit. But the seed scattered on good soil or good ground or those who hear the word and embrace it. They bear fruit. And in one case, a yield of 30 to 1. In another case, a yield of 60 to 1. 
and in another case, a yield of 100 to 1. So now for another, especially if you've not been here, a quick recap of where we've been with these first three soils. Soil 1, we called the cynic. All right, soil one is the seed that is thrown along the path. And what do we hear about the seed that is thrown along the path? The birds, or what we're going to refer to as the enemy, comes along and steals all of those seeds. We talked about this individual as the cynic. This is the individual that constantly has questions, constantly has doubts. Maybe doubts, okay, maybe the Bible is a good uh, point of reference for the past. There are some moral things. Maybe I can grab some of the moral teachings of Jesus that look good, but this is not not necessarily something that can be an authority in my life that I I can actually follow. It's not something that I can take that serious. Some of the things that the churches teach, some of the things that the churches believe, I'm just not quite sure that I'm on board with all of those things. Maybe just a little bit. We even said there can be the presence of the cynic in the church. There's just not very many. All right. And the problem that we identified with the cynic is that the cynic, the cynic is not ready. The cynic is not ready to take that step into faith just yet. Soil number two, we call the prisoner. There are more of these in the church. This is the seed that falls among the rocks and never becomes mature because it's never rooted. We said the problem for the prisoner is that the prisoner is not rooted. The cynic is not ready. The prisoner is not rooted. So this is the person that comes into the church. Maybe they accept Christ. Maybe they've not been in church for a long time. Maybe they've had some addiction issues. Maybe they've had some uh, just coming out of a very difficult divorce, and they're just absolutely on fire. They're like, this is what I've needed. This is so good for me. But really, emotionally, they're a roller coaster. They're just up and down all the time. And as soon as they're in and they're passionate and everything's going wonderful, they disappear. I also mentioned to you guys that soil number two has hurt me more than any other, other soil, because these are the ones that will come in. Their spiritual gifting is obvious. They, they have all of these wonderful things that they're able to do, but then they just disappear without a trace, all right, because they're like on this emotional roller coaster. There are all these other things, uh, the drink, the relationship, the new job, whatever it might look like that is competing with the spiritual life. Therefore, they're never rooted. They're never mature enough to take those steps. Soil number three that we talked about last week, the traditionalists, there are a lot of these in the church. In fact, I would say that the majority of the church actually makes up soil number three that we're talking about with the traditionalists. This is a seed that is choked by the cares of the world. They often wear the label Christian. So there are some of you in here that wear the label Christian the same way that you would wear the label Democrat or Republican or UT fan or foodie or or whatever it might be. There are these labels that we wear, and even though you've not invested deep, because the problem with the the traditionalists is resilience. They're just not resilient enough. They've kind of got one foot into this world, or they're trying to have one foot into this world, but they've also got another foot in the world, into culture, and all of these other things that they're interested in that are constantly competing, but the spiritual life never wins. So that's what we talked about with the traditionalists. So as we go to seed 
four, I'm sorry, soil four, we're talking about the multiplying disciple is what we're going to call this individual. But let's go back to the passage. All right, verse eight, and then we'll look down at verse 20. So this is the multiplying disciple. This is the desire that we have for every person that's in here. Is this going to be every person in here? No. But if we have five to 10 people in here that really understand and embrace what it means to multiply, if some of you will choose 2022 to step out into your gifting, to step out into your calling, to step out into who God has made you to be. This is the year for some of you. I don't know if you knew that. God has confirmed this to me. This is the year for some of you that are in this church. All right, so soil number four, this is what it looks like. Verse eight, other seed fell upon good soil or good ground and bore fruit. That's the key. That's the evidence. There is fruit that matters. The only thing that matters in your life when it's all said and done, is the fruit. That's all that matters. Upon growing and increasing, all right, this idea of multiplying. So what you have to look at in your spiritual life is a litmus test. What am I producing? All right, not how well am I doing at my job? Not am I killing it as a parent? Not am I doing well in this relationship? But in my spiritual life, if I really am soil number four, can I look behind me and see people that are following as a result of my relationship with Jesus? Am I able to see the evidence of those things? This is what it means to grow and increase. The seed produced in one case a yield of 30 to one, then 60 to one, then 100 to one. Down to verse 20, the seed scattered on good soil and those who, for those who hear the word and embrace it. This embrace it part is going to be key because you notice that the birds of the air are not picking it up. It's not getting stuck in the thorns. It's not getting stuck below the rock. But instead, the soil is so cultivated, rich, and good that we are embracing it. They bear fruit. In one case, a yield of 30 to 1, 60 to 1, 100 to 1. So I'll tell you what I'm looking for in 2022 at our church. I'll tell you what I'm praying about in 2022 at our church are some embracers, some people that are willing to embrace, some people that are willing to grab a hold of this word and go forward with it and say, I know and I understand that I may have to leave some of these things behind. I know and understand that some of the things that are the most important to me in my life, Christ is going to ask me to crucify. This is what it means to be this. So as we look closer at this word embrace, it is so important. Used in the New Testament six times, you know what it means to embrace, to accept, or to receive? Get this, it means to welcome for yourself, to receive with personal interest. This is literally what it means. There is something within you that says, this must be better. This has to be better than what I'm involved in now. If you were to go to my office in Kentucky, where I teach, you would see one drawer full of Callie's drawings from whenever she was a kid. She used to go to the, whenever she was small and school would let out for snow, she would be in my classes a lot and she would just draw the whole time. She would make crafts and all of these things. And you know how hard it is to throw your kids stuff away? 
Like there's some stuff that I can throw away, but when your kids draw something, like I have literally taken Cora's, I'm saying this about Cora because she's not in here because she'd kill me if she knew it. But I have literally taken some of her stuff because we've got so much of it and thrown it away. And 30 minutes later, I've wanted to dig through the trash to find it because I feel so bad. You know, you want to know why I did this with Callie's stuff? Because I had a connection and I had invested in the person that made it. There was personal interest, which the majority of the people in the church just don't have. You go in that office right there, which is my office here on the other side there. You open up a drawer. It's full of Cora stuff. See, Cora thinks she owns this church, by the way. Through the week, when she skates, when she has all her time, she draws in every room. Dad, I made something for you. I've got some, I can't cover every single inch of wall with these drawings, but I can't throw them away. So now in there, you open up a drawer, all of Cora's drawings. Why? Because I'm invested in that. I have personal interest in the person that made it. So we really don't understand what it means to embrace. In fact, to a lot of you, some of you who have been in church your entire life, this is a completely foreign thing. The seed that fell on good soil is the seed that hears the word and commits to it with a good and upright heart. The resolve, not recognizing they're doing it. You know, you don't come out one day and say, I'm going to go bear some fruit. That's what I'm going to do. As I go into my job, as I'm around the table with my family, I'm going to bear some fruit. But you want to know something? When you hear the word and you embrace it, and it comes out in your actions, and it comes out in your conversation, all of a sudden, years later, people are going to come back up to you and they're going to say, you changed my life with the things that you said. You have no idea the impact that you had on my family. And that has nothing to do with you. And that has nothing to do with Matt. But it has to do with the decision to embrace what is there. And the soil and the seed does the rest of the work. And what does this look like? Unwavering obedience. Pure intentions. Patient, if you're planting, patient with the process. Ready, which the cynic is not. Rooted, which the prisoner is not. Resilient, which the traditionalist is not. So the multiplying disciple is ready, rooted, and resilient. And if we're going to move forward in 2022 in the direction that we're supposed to be, that good ground, that good soil, we must be ready, rooted, and resilient. So considering the current cultural moment, where we are as a society and as a church, and as it pertains to the life of Jesus, this is what we have. We have a distraction problem, and we have people that aren't ready. And the reason they aren't ready is because their minds and their hearts are in a zillion other different places. They're not ready. We have a depth problem. In the church, we have a depth problem. 
We do not have people firmly rooted in Scripture. We do not have, we had eight or nine of us here, ten of us here praying Wednesday night. We do not have people rooted in a prayer life. You're not going to make it if you're not rooted in these things. You might get better at your job. Your relationship might seem to improve. But when the bottom falls out of your life, as it has for some of you, you're going to have nowhere to go. And you see, some of you are in this situation right now. And we also have a surrender problem. There's no resilience. There's no resilience. There's nothing within people that say quitting is not an option. Slowing down is not an option. So you see why this soil number four is so absent from the church. Ready people are prepared for spiritual warfare. And some of you are going through spiritual warfare right now. Some of you can't understand why all of these things are happening in your life. And Justin just had this beautiful way of discussing this. You know, this is not something we need to avoid. This is what we have to go through. If we're going to be prepared to multiply, we have to walk through these doors. But some of you, you're not ready. In fact, I know some people that have quit already. Some of you are not ready for spiritual warfare. It's coming. Rooted people don't leave a church or refuse to work with people because of a disagreement. They're more spiritually mature than that. They understand that it's part of it, that it's going to come, that there are going to be disagreements, that there are going to be differences, but they're rooted in something greater than the, the frail emotions that are so often involved. Maybe some of you are in here, you have, you have people you haven't forgiven in 20 years. Or 30, no roots. It's a very real thing that we see among people that are, that are among us all the time. We have to put the body on our backs like it's the cross of Christ and move forward. Every single people in here, the people that we disagree with the most are the people we should pull aside and pray with. There's no reason that we're in the shape that we're in and resilient People never quit. It's not in their vocabulary. It doesn't matter what happens. Resilient people, they don't pout, they don't complain, and they never sell Jesus for 30 shekels of silver. Yet that's what we see. The church is dominated by soil one, two, and three. And it's laughable. And you know what I'm looking for? Again, just a handful of embracers. Pastor Matt, through this 21-day fast, through what God is sending me through right now, I don't want to be afraid anymore. I feel like God is working on me. I feel like I'm changing this unwavering obedience that you're talking about. I know God is pushing me in a certain direction. I'm ready to go forward, and I don't care what it costs me. Ready, rooted, resilient, the multiplying disciples. So let's return to the concept that we were talking about earlier with embracing and how important this is. Again, going down to verse 20. The seeds scattered on good soil are those who hear the word and embrace it. They bear fruit in one case, a yield of 30 to 1. In another case, a yield of 60 to 1. And in another case, a yield of 100 to 1. Addition does not work that way. But multiplication does. 
So the multiplying disciple, this individual that we're talking about, does not produce the appearance of fruit. Did you know some people can produce the appearance of fruit? Something that looks like fruit? The multiplying disciple does not, does not produce temporary fruit. The multiplying disciple does not produce seasonal fruit. The multiplying disciple produces fruit that will last. So that one day when the people that are in this room right now are dead and gone, some of the younger children maybe that are in this church, not in this room right now, are able to look back to some of the people that started this movement that now makes up 8, 9, 10, 35 churches. Because we made the decision to embrace. Because we made the decision to be ready, to be rooted, and to be resilient. It's always tempting, and this is addition mindset. It's always tempting to follow the momentum and where it goes. It's very tempting for church leaders to try to program their way into success. It's very tempting, and again, this is an addition mindset, for people in the church to try to do what other churches are doing. But this is the formula, and Jesus gives this as he talks about this fourth form of soil. Unwavering obedience in the life of the church and in the life of my family. Pure intentions. I'm doing things for the right reasons. Patience with the process. Ready. Rooted. Resilient. So it'd be wise to ask this question. How does one become a multiplying disciple? All right, because we're not actually getting in this series into what making a disciple looks like, because that's what we're going to be talking about the majority of the year after Easter, whenever we get into the book of Acts. We're going to get deep into the book of Acts throughout the majority of this year. But what does it look like uh, to, to be able to, to, to be planted on good ground? The first thing I would say about this is it's an act of God. It's something that God actually does in and through you. John 15, 16 says this, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you could go and do what? Produce fruit, a fruit that could last. You see, your fruit is your legacy, not your income, not your retirement, not even at the end of the day how good of a mom or a dad you have been. Spiritually speaking, the grand scheme of what this life is. Ultimately, it's your fruit that's going to matter. So this is, what, this is what Jesus would say to soil one, the cynic. I didn't appoint you to constantly doubt me. You know, we all go through seasons of doubt. We all go through seasons where we ask a lot of questions. I'm the, the, you know, the pastor here, and I can admit that about myself. There are times I really, really struggle, not, not just with turning things over in my life, but questions that I have, legitimate questions about Scripture and about a lot of other things. So there are times that we doubt, but we are not supposed to be thrown into a lifestyle of doubt where the cynic is. He would say to the prisoner, I didn't appoint you to base everything on your, your feelings and your emotions. Just when everything's going good and you're able to do well, you're, you're up and you're excited and everything's wonderful about Christianity. But when you're down and the church is plateaued or declining and everything looks scary and ugly and there are all these other options that you have, I didn't, I didn't plant you 
I didn't appoint you for those things. And then to the traditionalist soil number three, we say, I didn't appoint you to just wear a label. I mean, I think it's disgusting. It's a, it's a real problem in this country. You know, this label, this cross and the flag married. You know, this label of I'm a Christian because we're a Christian nation and that's what we've always, but there's no surrender. There's no commitment. I think it is scarier to wear that label than it is to be a flat out atheist. And that is my conviction because it is one of the scariest things that I can possibly imagine. But no, I, I, I called you, I appointed you to bear fruit and fruit that will last. Second, I would say that our core values are one of the greatest indicator of what it means to be a multiplying disciple. It's like the ingredients are already here. Formation, community, servanthood, and then multiplication. When you learn what it means, formation, to become a student of Jesus, to do what Jesus did, to learn how to pray, to learn how to serve, to learn how to give, to learn gratitude, to learn how to worship, to learn how to understand scripture, that's discipleship. Community, to follow Jesus together. This is not like an individualized faith. This is a communal faith that we do together. Servanthood, to love others like Jesus. And the majority of the people in the church, if, if you fall into a particular political party, or you hold a particular view about COVID, or you have a particular view about this, that, or the other, we, we, don't even, not, we just don't even like you. When we're supposed to be serving people, and when we're talking about it, we're talking about serving the least of these. And then multiplication to increase the Jesus following movement. In 2022, how can we further become students of Jesus? How can we step out? Because I tried to say this and explain this before when we were breaking ground, before this service even started, this series even started. One thing that I said is that, you know, you've got your, your Matt Smiths or your, your Debbie Hodges or your Dickie Gilberts or, or whoever they may be. But listen, it's not the responsibility of 8 to 10% of the church to hold the church up. We have so many hidden gifts in this room that I can't even fathom what's in here. I can't even fathom what some of you could be and what some of you could do if you would really turn everything over to Jesus, far beyond what I could ever do, far beyond what some of the other people in this church that are serving and leading can do. This is your year for some of you to embrace, to step out of the darkness and the guilt and the struggle of your divorce. To step out of the throes of addiction that you're hiding from everyone else. I'm speaking to those of you in here who are very good people. You're very good Christians. You're here every week. You serve, but you know that God is pushing you further. How can I stress anymore that it's the only thing that's ever going to matter? The only thing. What if you really believed that? What if you really knew that it was the only thing that's ever going to matter? We'll finish with Luke 13, where we've been so much and where we started the day that we broke ground. Because I think these words are great. 
Because I think they speak to people that are in this room right now. A man has a fig tree planted in his vineyard. One day he comes out looking for fruit on it, but there were no figs. So he says to the vineyard keeper, and the vineyard keeper is Jesus. Look at this tree. For three years I've come hoping to find fresh figs. But what do I find? And listen, this is the lives of some of you in here right now. Some of you watching online. What is it that I hope to find? What is it that I'm seeking? I find nothing. Not ready. Not rooted. Not resilient. So very discouraged, this man says, just go ahead and cut it down. Why waste the space for a fruitless tree. But the vineyard keeper says, and this is Jesus. And this is the voice of grace and mercy. Give it another chance, sir. And those of you in here right now that are hurting and you're broken, this evil God that you see in the clouds that wants to just shoot thunderbolts every time you make a mistake, it's the mercy of Jesus saying right now, this is your chance. I'm about renewal. I'm about reconciliation. I'm about second chances. I'm about a fresh start in which you're never going to turn back to those former things. Give it one more year with me working on it. I'll cultivate the soil and I'll heap up some manure to fertilize it. He's saying, I'll give it the good ground that it needs. If it surprises us and bears fruit next year, that will be great. That's what we're hoping for. That's what we're hoping for from you guys. But if not, you can cut it down. I wonder today if God is dealing with you if you are part of the missing piece at Believer's Church in order for us to move forward. I wonder if you're that, that gifted person that is supposed to take the servanthood core value and propel us forward into a new ministry. I wonder if you're the person that is supposed to start a new community group at this church. I wonder if you're, if you're the next teaching pastor, another, another, another person that speaks at this church. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. And I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come forward. I'm going to pray for us. And if this is the day that God is dealing with you, if this is a time that you need to come forward and pray, if this is a time that you're ready to say, I don't know exactly what it means. But I want to be ready. I want to be rooted. I want to be resilient. I want to just open up the altar so that you can come down here and pray today. If you feel safer because of sickness and things like that, about praying at your seat, or if you're unable to come forward, that's of course perfectly fine too. But guys, let's really reach out to God in this time together.
Father, we come to you this morning, and I pray, Father, that um, for those of us that have had struggles, God, we do recognize, as Justin had said earlier, that they are um, necessary for what's ahead. God, I pray that there are people here that, that maybe um, they feel like they've got it all together, they're successful, everything's fine, but you are ripping through them right now. Father, there are others in here that just know, and maybe they've known since week one or week three or week four. Father, that they are supposed to go forward ready, rooted, and resilient, God, in my prayer. Through the power of Jesus, through the movement of the Holy Spirit, as you bring, that you bring that about today, God, if there are people that are in here today and they're just hurting, and these are hurts that we don't even know about, Father, that they'll have the boldness and the courage to come forward for cleansing. It's in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.